Robin McLaurin Williams was an American actor and comedian. He is often regarded by critics as one of the best comedians of all time. He was known for his improvisation skills and the wide variety of memorable voices he created. He began performing stand-up comedy in San Francisco and Los Angeles during the mid-1970s and rose to fame for playing the alien Mork in the sitcom Mork and Mindy from 1978 to 1982. What's up, everybody? It's Rick McGray. Remember the name. And I hope that every time that anyone who is listening to this podcast says it with me when they hear that name, remember the name. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast. Uh, It's been something I've been working on for a little while here. I've tried everything that I could to uh, be able to have guests on it. And to no fault of theirs, it didn't work out. Uh, Just still trying to figure out the uh, ins and outs of recording. And uh, trying to figure out how to do it in a way that it, it, uh, it, the the quality is there. But I'd just like to give you a a background of myself. I'm a comedian from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. I grew up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, which is about four hours from Halifax. And uh, that is where uh, I owe it all to Yarmouth for my for the creativity that I that I was given in my life, or the the creativity that I feel in my life. Um, I've always wanted to be a performer. I've always wanted to be an entertainer. Uh, it's been one of those things. Like I've done everything that I could. I've pl- I I can play. I play guitar. I sing. Um, so if you ever want to hear me sing, just uh, shoot me a message. Um, I've done acting. Uh, I've been. Uh, I've done. I've done a really a lot of different things. Like, I, and I still wish. I still feel like I should be doing more, and that's kind of what this podcast is about for me too, is because it gives me something else that I can do. And you know, I used to think that maybe it was going to be really weird to sit here and just talk to myself or talk to my phone, but in the world that we live in. Uh, most people, most people's best friend is their phone nowadays. Anyway, you try taking a, a phone away from somebody, and uh, see the reaction that you'll get. Um, it's uh, something that I'm learning that I don't need to have, uh, you know, thousands of people or thousands of friends um, to be successful. Uh, it's just not like that. <laughs> Uh, but I started doing stand-up when I was 31 years old. I'm 36 now. And uh, it's been fun watching the scene, been, been, growing up, been growing up on the scene doing this. You'll have to forgive me sometimes I stutter over, stumble over my words because I get excited. Uh, I just shot a, a video um, for another series that I have called The Post-Lockdown Report where I just talk about different news stories, and I think that's going to be more of a thing that I'm going to be doing as well on top of this. So be on the lookout for that. You can check all my social media. Um, I'm very easy to find. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will be something that can lead into something that I can do 
for the rest of my life. Like, I'd really like to do this the rest of my life. I'd like to be able to enter, be an entertainer. And uh, one thing that I've always loved in life, probably the, the most, my first love was movies. I can remember being really young and watching like a, like horror, a horror movie called Shocker. I don't even know if that's the real name of the movie. I was really young when I was watching it. It was really scary. Then Oliver and Company, that was the first movie that I've ever went to the theaters and watched with my parents. It's one of the only, it's one of the really only good memories that I have with my mother, but that's a whole other can of worms. This podcast is not about that, but if you want to know more, like I said, shoot me a question. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. But movies, for me, as I was growing up, because I did not grow up in, like, you know, the ideal circumstances, movies were an escape for me. Um, I I can't tell you how much I love learning about movies, making movies, writing movies, or <clears throat> just anything to do with movies. Excuse me for clearing there. They were always something that I could do. They were always something I was good at. And uh, it was something that me and my father, one of the only things that me and my father bonded over when I was a kid because he liked movies too. and But he didn't know, like, or he didn't have an idea of what he thought was good or what he thought was bad or what, like... And he didn't like low-budget films. He hated low-budget films. And uh, there was a movie store in Yarmouth that uh, he used to... uh, I have three brothers. I won't mention their names because, you know, I don't want them to think that... uh, I don't want to put them on blast if they don't want to be put on blast. But they're the three greatest brothers that you could ever have. And uh, the thing was, uh, my father would make me go to to the movie store on Saturdays and uh movies were 49 cents a piece and you could rent up to a limit of eight and you could keep the movies for a week so I would go in there with the 10 bucks and come out with like eight movies and my father kind of like made that my job as a kid growing up um so, that's where it all started for me. And now you're I'm, you're probably thinking, like, what is he talking about? Like, why is he saying all this stuff? Well, it's all leading into something. I can promise you that. <laughs> um, this podcast, uh, as you might have heard already, uh, in, in the intros, I'll add to this and stuff like that. It's called What Could Have Been. And what that means, what this podcast is about it's talking about great movies great movie roles that had the casting went the other way if it would have been different you know what could have been is the question if you know say for example Tupac Shakur played 
the lead role in Baby Boy instead of Tyrese Gibson, or Will Smith played Neo instead of Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, or Johnny Depp playing Patrick Bateman in American Psycho instead of Christian Bale. These are the questions that I have. These are the things that I always think about all the time. I always look up fun news and stuff like that. I really, I just really like it. So I want to thank you for listening. If you've stayed here so far for this first boring intro, (laughs) but hopefully I will, you know, shock you a little bit and what some of your favorite movies and how they could have been different. That's the goal. That's the goal. And for my first one, for this first episode, I'm not going to focus on a movie in particular. But I'm going to focus on one actor. An actor that I watched when I was a kid growing up. I just, you know, loved loved everything that this actor did. And uh, sadly, he is not with us any longer. Um, you can look up the details. I don't want to bring it, pretty much speak about it, but on here, but, uh, it was very unfortunate events that happened. The actor that I'm referring to is none other than the greatest of all time, both acting and comedy, a star that transcended, uh, platforms. And that's Robin Williams, everybody. Um, Robin Williams, for me, growing up, was like one of those actors that kind of just made, like, and as everyone saw when you seen him on television reviews or anything like that, he really knew how to turn everything into chaos. Because I feel like maybe he was a chaotic person deep down. But his acting ability was so great. In so many different movies like The Awakening, Toys, Jumanji, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, Goodwill Hunting. All he actually won an award for Goodwill Hunting for Best Supporting Actor, which he definitely deserved. And uh, if you want, you should check out Goodwill Hunting. It is the only good Matt Damon and Ben Affleck movie that ever will exist. I mean, I appreciate Matt Damon more than I appreciate Ben Affleck, but still, I'm still a little shifty on that. And what I'm going to talk about in this podcast with about Robin Williams is the lost roles that Robin Williams could have had, like what could have been for Robin Williams. And the list that I have is very interesting because you would not believe the impact that this man had on Hollywood and <clears throat> how you know how much how much how much the 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 producers and directors and movie companies pursued this man to uh to make him to get him in to get him on uh, as many films as possible 
which I just chalk up to them noticing, you know, how great he was. So basically, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to say the movie and talk about the person that actually got the the role. And then I'll give my opinion. And this is just my opinion, too. If you have different opinions, feel free to send me voice clips, everything, and I'll add them to a cast at a future date. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to communicate with people. I want people, I want to, I want to experience the, the, the love for film that I have with other people. And, uh, I would be really happy to hear what you guys have to say. And as I said, I'm going to talk about this. These are the lost roles of Robin Williams, the, what could have been, and we'll talk about the actors that got the roles and my, my opinion, like I said, just my opinion, my little humble opinion on, um, how the movie would have been different, uh, with, with Jack Nicholson, uh, with, uh, sorry, with Robin Williams in the, with Robin Williams in the film. So let's get started. The first movie that I came across with, uh, uh, for Robin Williams that kind of like really shocked me that he didn't get the uh, he didn't get the starring role in was a film uh, pr- directed by Stanley Kubrick called The Shining, and we all know The Shining. It's a classic film, classic horror film. One of the only horror films that I've really gotten into in my life. As I said, I'm not that big of a horror fan, but we all know that Jack Nicholson. Uh, made his career off this this film, playing uh, the lead character in The Shining, uh, about the uh, writer who takes his family out to a remote air, remote hotel to be the caretakers for the winter while it's shut down. And uh, then they talk about Cabin Fever. It's like a play on Cabin Fever. I mean, looking at, the, when you watch the movie, you really don't think that it could be any better than what it is with Jack Nicholson playing the the uh, the lead role because Jack Nicholson is, let's face it, he's one of the greatest actors of all time. He's one of my personal favorites of all time as well. Probably my favorite actor of all time. I really do enjoy watching his films. But you'll be surprised to to find out that the reason why he got the film was because Stanley Kubrick thought that Robin Williams was too scary to play the role. He was afraid of him when they were doing the read-throughs for the film, and uh, Robin Williams was one of the top, like, callbacks. He he was one of the top guys that they were considering, but Stanley Kubrick felt that it was t- he, was t- he, w- he was too real, and it made it too scary for people, and... He felt that it would take it in a direction that would take away from the main story. Where I do find that Jack Nicholson did kind of flirt with the line of almost stealing the show. But did a good job of playing into the the story and maintaining the flow I feel that Kubrick was looking for in that film. Because that would be the thing with Robin. Robin would steal the show. You would 
almost forget about what the story is about and be more focused on what Robin is doing because that's what Robin did. He was a great improviser. He was a great uh, performer and he was a great actor. And I can, if, I mean, if you've seen any of his films like One Hour Photo or Insomnia where he does play the bad guy, Robin Williams it had the potential to to play like the most evil people in the world. Like he would have been like it I really feel it would have changed the face of the shining. But I don't know if it would have been in a positive way just because of the fact that like I said Kubrick had like a flow, a story a way he wanted to go. And I feel that Robin for that particular film would have just stole the show and people would have focused more on the insanity of the lead character than the insanity of the collective story that was there. And that's nothing against Robin because, like I said, he's the greatest. But, and if, I feel like if they would have gave him a chance, he may have, he could have very well took did that role and and the film still would have been just as great but i feel like i understand kubrick's mindset in that film and what he was trying to accomplish and i feel that he accomplished that with jack nicholson but he could have accomplished it with robin williams as well but this the films would have been very similar, but I think they would have been very different at the same time, too. So that was the first film for Robin Williams. One of the lost roles for Robin Williams was The Shining. And I, again, if you have opinions or questions, feel free to send me voice clips. Feel free to find me on social media and send me questions, and I'll do a question episode where I'll answer all the questions. The next film was Little Miss Sunshine. Robin Williams was up for the role of the father, who was played by Steve Carell. Now, Steve Carell is one of those guys, for me, he's, like, just good at what he does, and underrated, underappreciated. And, uh... He did really good in Little Miss Sunshine as the uh the father i only watched little miss sunshine once very heartwarming film um i think that it accomplished it hit every it hit every point it was trying to make and like i say i'm not trying to talk smack about steve carell or anything like that because like i say i'm a fan of steve carell i think steve carell's a great actor but for me I just feel that if Robin Williams would have got that role and would have been able to just kind of make it in his own, it would have completely transformed the face and the feeling of this film. Because I felt like Little Miss Sunshine was great, but it was slow at times. And to no fault of any of the actors. But I just feel like Robin has this energy, this presence that is lost a lot in like... Because, I mean, there's only a one Robin Williams every thousand, hundred years, I think, or thousand years. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I wish I could say that I am a Robin character. 
but I don't want to like you know fill fill the fill the balloon too bit too with too much hot air if you know what I'm saying. I definitely don't think that Steve Carell did a bad job in this film. I remember, I believe at this time they were talking about Oscar nominations for him for the role. But I feel if Robin Williams would have did it or t- taken this role, he would have won an Oscar for the role. Because this was like a role that he was like falling into later in his life, playing like the father of children and uh, insightfulness and all this other stuff. And he was really at the end of his toward the end of his career anyway he was making a lot of different films that he did not normally make when he was in the like i guess the prime of his career if if you will you say if i could say that i mean there's going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with a lot of what i say but that's not even why i'm doing this like i'm just doing this because i want to talk about the stuff and it's stuff that's alive inside me and you know, I'm always open for a good discussion and always open to hear other opinions. I don't care who you are, you know. I'm a pretty open guy. That stuff doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when people will belittle someone else's opinion just because their opinion is different. I don't I don't get that. I think that we can learn from each other. And uh, if we just took the time to do that, we'd probably be in a lot better of a world than the world that we find ourselves in right now. And that's, I I went to that because, excuse me, I don't want people to think that I'm hating on Steve Carell because uh, that's the furthest from the truth. I'm not hating on Steve Carell at all. I think Steve Carell's a really great actor. He's proven that he can be a leading man. But he's also a very good supporting element in films. Robin Williams was just a straight up juggernaut and a leading man. I don't think I, I I've never I don't, I've never watched a film where I where he was probably supposed to be the supporting, and I just see him as the lead like I I just can't help it it's just the as I'm just a super fan I guess or, or you know or a fanboy <laughs> I'm just a fanboy when it comes to stuff like that especially with Robin Williams but it's interesting to see that he was being considered for the like like dramatic roles like this but I and I do think that Little Miss Sunshine may have uh, benefited a little bit more from his uh, star power. And I feel that Robin would have been able to make it a little bit more humorous in a way that Steve Carell can't. Because Steve Carell has his own style of humor that is just, you know, unique to him, like Robin has his own style that which is unique to him, and I don't really want to harp on it too much more, or say anything much more about it, because I don't want, like I said, I don't want people to think that I'm hating on Steve Carell, and, uh, because, like, 
that's the thing right now. Like, this is, like, I just want people to understand that the whole theme of this particular episode is talking about Robin Williams and what Robin Williams did or what could he have done, what could have been had Robin Williams did some of these roles. These are, this is a crazy list. That's not, that's only the number two lost role of Robin Williams. I'm going to try to go a little bit faster because I don't want to make this like a four-hour podcast where you guys have to sit there and listen. Unless you're driving and you like hearing my voice. I mean, that's great too. But we're only on number two. And uh, like I said, no hate to Steve Carell, but Robin Williams definitely could have transformed the face of Little Miss Sunshine for sure. Moving on to the next film. This film is a classic film. Made famous by Gene Wilder. As the uh, candy factory owner, operator. Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The remake that was done... uh, Starred Johnny Depp as, and the film was called Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Robin Williams was offered the part of Willy Wonka. Now, if you think back to Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the very first one with Gene Wilder, that movie is just as good as it's going to get. There is like, it was perfectly cast. Story was told perfectly. It couldn't be much, it couldn't be any better of a film in my opinion. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was like a, I, I believe Tim Burton directed it, and it, it in classic Burton fashion. It was like abstract and different, and you know, had all those Tim Burton elements in it, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, because he did other story, other takes on stories like House in Wonderland and. You know, Johnny Depp is like a go-to guy for Tim Burton. And if I'm wrong about that, like, just correct me, forgive me. Um, But, just take a look back at some of the filmography, and you'll see what I mean. I don't think that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was that great of a film. Uh, it was a tad overboard with uh, the elements of Burton. I feel it went too abstract in a lot of different ways. Um, I feel like the story was kind of all over the place. It was hard to follow. And I don't think that was Johnny Depp's fault, but I don't think that Johnny Depp should have played Willy Wonka. I don't think it was like a smart role for him to be playing the type of actor that he is, the type of celebrity that he is, like the talent level that he has. I mean, I don't know how much freedom he had to play the character of Willy Wonka, but I just, in my opinion, it was not even close to the original incarnation with Gene Wilder, who was like a perfect Willy Wonka, in my opinion. Nobody could really play Willy Wonka better than Gene Wilder. And I don't think Robin Williams could have played it better than Gene Wilder, but it would have been interesting to see how 
Robin Williams would have formed into Willy Wonka and what he would have brought to it, like, would have been the loud, outlandish. I think it would have been, like, a really magical film with Robin Williams as the character of Willy Wonka. Just like as it would won't wouldn't be as magical as Gene Wilder because that was just magical, but I feel like it would have been something, you know. And I feel like it again. It's another film that would have benefited from Robin Williams' star power. He was kind of known for these roles and these unique eccentric roles, right? And I just think that Robin Williams. <laughs> The movie wouldn't have been good anyway, regardless, but if the story was told the same way that it was told, but I do believe that Robin Williams could have brought something to it, probably brought a lot more to it than what Johnny Depp did. Johnny Depp is not a comedian. Johnny Depp is one of those those guys, those actors that may have like comedic roles but they are those are typed out for him and yeah he may be a good improviser and stuff like that and like I said this is not a hate on Johnny Depp Johnny Depp is a great actor what's eating Gilbert Grape what's up but I just think that Robin Williams had a little bit more uh experience in this type of like fantasy roles and these eccentric roles that, and I feel like Willy Wonka should be funny because most of the film is like the first one was like kind of dark. If you look back at it now, like in the sense of, you know, the kids that were picked off one by one and the same thing in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but it wasn't as intense as the first one. I feel like they kind of held back. It was like they held back on it. And I just don't think that Johnny Depp had the charisma or the comedy know-how on how to make that role more engaging. It came off as like really weird to me. And uh, I really think that Johnny Depp would... It's just hard to say, you know, like, I mean... I just don't think that the movie was good to be, uh, that's it, right? Like, I just don't think the movie was good. And I don't know if Robin Williams would have made it better, but I, if it was me sitting at the casting table with the other two people or three people, whoever it was, the the casting team that cast that role, I don't know what they were thinking when they seen Robin Williams' name come over and the choices between him or Johnny Depp, and they went with Johnny Depp because they felt like he was the bigger star. And I think that's the only reason why. It wasn't about telling a good story. It was telling, It was a movie made to make money, which most, you know, large feature films are, and I get that. But I don't know what would be running through their head. They must not have seen the other movie or read the book, you know, to let Robin Williams not do that. Or maybe, and I th- if he chose not to do it, I mean, that's that's tragic, man. Like, they should have said something. They should have tried to do something to convince him, like, this is the role for you, Robin. And I feel like the movie would have been better and probably made a lot more money had Robin Williams played it instead of Johnny Depp. And, I, and like I say, 
no offense to Johnny Depp. You're a great actor too, but Robin Williams has got the edge on you in the funny department. The next film that we're going to talk about is uh, Chaplin, which they offered the role to Robin Williams, but it was played by Robert Downey Jr. Now, this was a star-making role for Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor as well, and I, I really don't think that this was a Robin Williams uh, lane. I don't think that this would have been a movie that would have did him any justice. It would have never... He didn't even... He he doesn't have the look of Chaplin. He doesn't... And Chaplin, as you know, is the movie of... The the biography of Charlie Chaplin, early silent film actor back in the 30s. I just don't think... I don't think that anybody could have did that movie better than Robert Downey Jr. I just don't think it was in Robin Williams' lane. I don't think that... I mean, he has the the dramatic chops to pull it off, but I just don't think he had the look. Or, and I think it would have been a really hard sell to like try and make him look like Charlie Chaplin. Robert Downey Jr. looks like Charlie Chaplin, which was like a huge um, part, you know, a huge part of it for me. And I, I mean... Chaplin is a is a decent movie, but like I said, it did a, it did wonders for Robert Downey Jr. But for Robin Williams, that's one of those ones I don't think that he would be too broke up over not being a part of. The next film is uh, so here we are at or at number four and. Actually, we're at number five, but um, Three Amigos with Martin Short, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase. No, not Steve Martin, Bruno Kirby. Yes, Bruno Kirby. I think, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't have everything right in front of me right now. Fuck, I should have. Well, now I'm swearing. <laughs> Robin was offered the uh, the role of Martin Short. Now, <laughs> The Three Amigos is a great film. It's really funny. Really, it's a classic comedy. It uh, it's renowned in movie history as one of the greatest comedies to be made. And uh, <laughs> I'm conflicted on this one because we got our Canadian boy Martin Short who I would call the Canadian version of Robin Williams. And Robin Williams would be the American version of Martin Short. It's just really hard. <laughs> this one's like this one was like one of the ones that really shocked me because like <laughs> these two are like two really great actors and you just like gotta think to yourself and they're both incredibly funny. And they both have, like, their own unique things, like, that make them very, you know, eccentric, I guess, for lack of better words. Like, Robin had his stand-up comedy ability, but, you know, 
Martin Short had the ability to do musicals and stuff like that and just be very outlandish. And I feel like they're very much on the same level. So I know that where they were going. I think Robin would have been great in this film for sure. But I don't think he would have been as vulnerable or as... I don't know if vulnerable is the right word. Martin Short is non-threatening. And I think that that's what the film... I think that's what they were going for was like to have like the little guy that's non-threatening just but just outlandish and funny and like Martin Short really really plays that well and I just okay we're just gonna have to uh, uh, on this one like I I could sit here and talk about this one all all day Martin Short was the the right pick but if they would have picked Robert Williams my feelings wouldn't have been hurt you know what I mean like that's that's for sure and there's like so many other films that he was supposed to be in like he was you know, supposed to be in, he was considered for the role that Denzel Washington played in the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, about the, the guy, the homosexual guy who lost his job because he, they found out he was homosexual, and two, he had HIV, and I mean, <laughs> that was a really deep movie, really dramatic movie. I don't think that would have been a really good pick for Robin Williams. I mean, he could have pulled it off. I think he could have really... I think he could pull off anything he put his mind to, anything that he was passionate about. But Denzel Washington played that movie to a T. Like, he... I think that Denzel Washington had the toughness that was required to play the lawyer that represented Tom Hanks' character in that film. And I don't know... I don't think that... Robin Williams really could be as intimidating as Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington's like just we'll probably have a cast just on just on Denzel someday, you know what I mean? The next film was the movie Milk, which was a uh uh highly celebrated film about the first homosexual man ever elected into a government office in the United States. Harvey Milk, played by Sean Penn. Sean Penn. He's a tough guy, too. And uh, if you've seen his films, like uh, I Am Sam, jeez. There's so many, right? Like, there's just so many. I just, I don't think, I think Robin could have played that film, too. Because he did, he, he wasn't scared to play homosexual characters, which no actor should be. If that's what you're doing. As you know, because he played in the birdcage. But I just think that Robin Williams is like one of those actors that would just take away from like the story. You would be watching it and you'd be like, okay, this is Robin Williams playing somebody. Even though Robin Williams would be brilliant in watching what you were doing. But Sean Penn deserved that role. Sean Penn deserved all the uh, critic praise that he got for that film. And, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I could talk about stuff like this all day, especially with actors like Sean Penn, Martin Short, Robert Downey Jr., Johnny Depp, Steve Carell, all these guys are great, they all did great in their roles, and, uh, it's just interesting to try to rethink these roles with 
Robin Williams playing him because I could not believe that I found like ten movies, like ten between ten and twelve movies that like Robin Williams was supposed to be the one or axed or he couldn't do it for what some reason and it would just would have been interesting because like the next one we're gonna talk about is so very close to my heart and I don't wanna stay stuck on this forever because it's just <laughs> it's too big for me. And it's another movie where it was Robin Williams or Jack Nicholson. And I've talked about this with uh, a friend of mine and that this film that and it completely just changed everything for me about this film. And that's Batman, the original Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. That was just uh, a great, a great film. <laughs> Wonderfully casted. And they wanted Robin Williams to play the Joker. And I think if uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Robin did not want to do this, or he did, but they they offered him it, and they would talk to him about it, but they would never get back to him about it. Who can play the Joker better than Jack Nicholson? There's people that will say. Because Robin was not only offered the Joker in Batman, but he was also offered the role in The Dark Knight. And you got two insane performances in movie history of the Joker with Jack Nicholson's incarnation of the Joker, which was insane. Like, oh, just so good. And I don't think Robin Williams could have did that. I don't think he could have. I don't think he could have played the Joker in Batman alongside Michael Keaton. I just don't think he could have did it. It's not because he's not good. It's just that he was not right for that. There's and it's just he just didn't. I don't think he had the Joker in him. In my opinion, Jack Nicholson. That was like pretty much as perfect of a performance as you could possibly have in a film. And in The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, again a different, totally different style of. Uh, psychopath that he that he took to that role in The Dark Knight and brought to life and we all know that Heath Ledger won the Best Supporting Actor posthumously post-mortem sorry for that role because uh, he died unfortunately shortly after it like the Batman roles like I mean I don't think no there's no way there's no way I just don't think that they were right for him I mean it was, he said, like he said, that they reached out to him, but they just never got back to him. And I believe that they never got back to him for the right reasons. And I don't, I hope that he never took it too personal when he was alive. Because those were really huge roles, like really huge uh, parts to fill. And I'm not saying that he couldn't do it, but he definitely could not do it on the level that Jack Nicholson did or Heath Ledger. Like, there's not, there's no way. And he was also offered another Batman uh, role in Batman Forever, the third Batman um, that starred Val Kilmer as Batman. He was offered the role of the Riddler, played by Jim Carrey. Now, I think that Jim Carrey did a really good job as the Riddler in Batman Forever. Like, I'm not going to say that it was horror. Like, the movie was not, like that great but it was good it was decent like it was decent like I can watch it and enjoy it and Jim Carrey does check off a lot of those things on the list for the Riddler 
But for me, I just, in my head, when I close my eyes and I picture it, when I picture it in my head, I can see Robin Williams playing the Riddler. I can see him in the outfit. I can see him with the hat on, with the uniform, with the outfit, whatever. I can see him with it on. I can see him being intense and scary. And I think that he could have brought that Riddler character to a different level that Jim Carrey couldn't because Jim Carrey is not... I don't think, like, no matter how scary Jim Carrey tries to be, he always will have that hanging over his head, that the zaniness, the silliness of Jim Carrey, which is not a shot at Jim Carrey at all. Like I'm saying, I'm not trying to talk shit about anybody on this thing. But, (laughs) again, being the person, it would be really hard to be the person sitting at that casting table and looking and seeing Jim Carrey and Robin Williams as, you know, prospects. And I just don't know what would be the thinking. I mean, I know what the thinking probably was. It was about making the movie the biggest that they possibly could. And Jim Carrey at the time was the biggest star in the world. Like, he was making $20 million a film. And playing the Riddler was like a step out for him. And, uh... But... As you can see, when they tr- focused on the money, trying to make Batman forever as great as the previous two, which they couldn't because, you know, we all know Keaton is the best Batman of all time. And number two would be Christian Bale. Like I said, Batman is like one of those things that I could just sit and talk about forever. One of my favorite comic book characters, if not my favorite comic book character. Just insane, just insane, just insane to say, to think of what could have been with that film had Robin Williams been able to stretch his legs and kind of dig in and to play Edward Nigma and play the Riddler. I just think that it would have took the movie in a different direction. I don't know if it would have made necessarily made it better or worse, or it would have been the same, but it definitely would have been interesting to see. Like I said, I don't want to harp too long on the Batman, because there's just so much I could say. Like, there's like I could have a whole cast just on the Batman anthology, like everything, if that's the right word. I don't know. I'm not, I could be, whatever. And we're, we're down to our, our last couple here. And uh, so thanks for sitting through listening so far, if you have been. It's a... Uh, this is just, like I said, this is just a labor of love for me. Um, I just love movies, and I like talking about them and talk with them. And then the next movie that we're going to talk about is the movie that directed by Kevin Smith, starring Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. I think it was Bruce Willis. Man, I should have done more research for this. <laughs> um, the movie Cop Out, he was, uh, Robin Williams was to play the Tracy Morgan part, and, uh, I just don't know what you would be thinking, like, what would be, I don't, I, I can't see Robin Williams as, like, a, I didn't really ever like him in roles where he was, like, you know, stuck in that template of, stuck in that tape, the, the, the template of, you know, quirky comedy sidekick 
I don't think that Robin Williams would have been a great choice to be the sidekick to Bruce Willis in that film. I don't. I really don't think he would have. Um, I think that they made the right the the right decision in um, picking Tracy Morgan. One because Tracy Morgan just has his own his own. Uh, his own style of comedy. He's very unique performer, very unique individual. And there's not another Tracy Morgan, just like, much like there's not another Robin Williams. But I feel like Tracy was so much better for Cop Out than Robin Williams. Like if I was sitting at the table and they, but I probably, I just wouldn't, I, I think I would be like offending Robin Williams if I gave him a script where he played the, uh, silly sidekick like that and I mean I just feel like Tracy did it as good as it was going to be and I don't think that Robin Williams would have made it any better (laughs) I don't think that it would have worked out any better any worse and I'm not saying it's a horrible film either it's not the greatest film that was ever created obviously um but at the same time, I mean, I don't think that, I just don't think that Robin Williams, that, that wasn't a film that Robin Williams had, so there's, what could have been with that is just like a whole, you know, that could have been one, one of those roles that like ru- ruined Robin Williams' career, and I, I don't even like talking like that about Kevin Smith, because I think he's a great director and writer and everything, but the movie was not on the level of what Robin Williams was known for. And I just, I just don't think it would have been that. I mean, like I said, if you, if you disagree with me, send me questions, find me on social media, send me questions, send me videos. I'll make a response. Uh, I'll make a response video. i uh, sorry, not video. I'll make a response cast. I'll answer the questions. If you've got them, it doesn't that, that to me, I mean, because like, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm very open to debate. I'm very open to other opinions. And I mean, change my mind. If, if you're really that passionate about it, change my mind on if you have a differing opinion on any of the things that I've covered right to now. Now, the final movie that Robin Williams was tied to was a sequel to one of his greatest films. Probably the film that made him... Uh, the A-lister that he was, and that was Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, let's be real, is one of the greatest films ever made. One of the first movies where, you know, where a man dressed, dressing up as an old lady to infiltrate his family, to stay close to his kids. It was a really sweet premise. And he played that role in typical Robin Williams fashion, like, it was funny, it was heart-wrenching, it was cute, I don't know, it was a really great film, he played Daniel Hillard better than anyone, there's nobody that could have been Mrs. Doubtfire better than Robin Williams, and back, back if, back then, they wanted to, t- they, he was tied to doing Mrs. Doubtfire too, but he refused to do this film, because he wouldn't do it unless the movie made sense. 
He didn't want to take away from the success of the first one. Even though that the producers and the film companies wanted to make it a trilogy, he didn't want to cheap cheapen the effect of the movie by oversaturating it with uh, stories that didn't work or that wouldn't serve the character or characters in that film. Obviously, for him to do that, he had a lot of artistic integrity. He had a lot of respect for what the film was and what he tried to do on that film. And uh, I'm, I kind of, like, applaud him for not doing that because, like, I've seen so many films. Every We've all seen so many films that were, like, amazing the first time. And then just straight garbage the rest of the time. It's very hard to pull off a trilogy. It's very hard to pull off sequels. And once you get into that, you start falling into the typecasting. And I'm sure that he did not want to be typecast. Which I don't know if you could even do that anyway with Robin Williams. You couldn't just kind of put him in a in a box. You couldn't do that because he was just so outlandish, so different. And he would be like the jack in the box that would just pop out anyway. But at the end of the day... I'm glad that he felt so deeply, so passionately about the film and not wanting to smear it or ruin it by just going for a money grab, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, um, in conclusion, uh, it's been a really good time sitting here for the last... 45 minutes to an hour, however long this has been. I'll see you in a minute. Talking about one of the greatest actors of all time. I appreciate you listening to to the cast and supporting it. And supporting any of the things that I do. And like I said, you can find me on any social media. And if you have questions, if you have comments, feel free. Because like I said, I'm very open to comments and questions. And I'm very open to debate. As long as it's like a, you know, nice debate. <laughs> I mean, we could get into a heated debate too. I'm not, I, I'm not shy of that, but um, it just seems to be easier to get your point across uh, with a little bit of kindness. And again, thank you all to who's listening and walking along with me on this journey of the lost roles of Robin Williams and what could have been. I'm Rick McGray. Remember the name. Thanks for listening to the first episode of What Could Have Been, hosted by Rick McGray. Please like, share, comment, and send me messages. You can find me on all social media platforms, on Instagram, at Rick McGray, on Facebook, at Rick McGray, and on Twitter, at Rick McGray. Lastly, I really hope that you enjoyed your time here with me today. Thank you for listening.
Groundhog Day is a 1993 American fantasy comedy film directed by Harold Ramis and written by Ramis and Danny Rubin. It stars Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. Murray portrays Phil Connors, a cynical TV weatherman covering an annual Groundhog Day event in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, who becomes trapped in a time loop forcing him to relive February 2nd repeatedly.